welcome to the X Report, and we are back with you for our annual fantasy football guide. And when I say we, of course, it's not just me. Joining me is Biggie, a.k.a. Ethan Tate, a.k.a. somebody who I know you're rooting for Memphis, but are there any other teams you got your eye on during this college football season? Uh, I think I talked about it on the line, so kind of Memphis, you, Florida State, just because Mike Novell being the coach coming out of Memphis. Uh, obviously, to an extent, Colorado, just because I'm a Coach Prime fan, and I want to see what that looks like. So, and uh, it's funny because Alabama's having a down year, so I kind of don't care about the Georgia thing because I just wanted somebody to upset Alabama. I feel that. I mean, it's so weird with Alabama because, like, their down year is, like, another program's best year in program history. It's insane. Um, but, yeah, everybody knows my loyalty lies with LSU. Um, we're recording this on a Saturday afternoon, so that's why I asked about college football. I'm currently watching the Colorado game. I'm rooting for Coach Prime. Very interested to see how this all shakes out. Um, Memphis, obviously, got to support the alum. I Part of me wants Miami to be good. Just because the Hurricanes, like, just historically, they're just such a dope football team, and they just have not gotten it together in forever in three days. So hopefully they can get it together soon. But those are just a few that I'm watching. And that looks like it's about to be a touchdown. But uh, like I mentioned at the top, we are here with our annual fantasy football guide. For those of you who do not know, here's how this all goes. We break, uh, we break it down by position, looking at players who are the safest, uh, players with the biggest bust potential, sleeper picks, uh, players to slash, or potentially could come up clutch in your dynasty leagues, and rookies to watch out for. Like I said, we break that down by position. And as we know, everything starts with quarterbacks. So let's start off with the safest players, and who would you say are the safest quarterbacks for a fantasy football player to draft this season? My number one, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he is the best quarter quarterback in the league. He's the face of the league. Yes, I know that he doesn't have, like, the weapons as other quarterbacks, but he's proven that he can make it work. And I just – and also when Andy Reid is his coach, I'm not, I will not be surprised if it's, like, another 30-plus touchdown year with, um, like, maybe at most 10 picks. Yeah, because friendly reminder, everybody – Last year, before the season started, everybody was talking mess about Patrick Mahomes and who is he going to be without Tyreek Hill. Well, he showed everyone he's not only an MVP, but a two-time Super Bowl champion. So I think he's going to be okay. Patrick Mahomes was also my top guy. And some other candidates I had with Joe Burrow. I mean, look at the weapons. It's hard not to go with them. And then Aaron Rodgers. I know if you guys have been listening to the main show, I've been kind of skeptical about the Jets, and I still am. But Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys who doesn't make that many mistakes, and I don't expect that to change um, anytime soon. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to running backs. Who's the safest running back you think you could think people could draft? In my opinion, the safest running back is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's a he's a premier player at the position because he can run and also catch. And especially if you're in um, PPR leagues, he'll be a great addition to your team. That's a good one. Uh, For me, I got Nick Chubb, just a guy who, knock on wood, it stays healthy. Um, 
usually, I think every year besides his rookie year, has rushed for over 1,000 yards. And I know that, you know, the Browns gave Deshaun Watson all that money. And then looking on the outside, they tried to invest in their pass catchers. But at the end of the day, you can't really do anything if you're one-dimensional. And Nick Chubb has just been one of those guys who's been so consistent. I don't expect this year to be any different. Um, other candidates for me would be Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. I mean, I think man, you both are going to have the same person because right now, if it's not Justin Jefferson, I don't know who it is. No, hundred percent. Um, because usually, like with the safest players, like it's not always the best player at their position. But in this case, I even. If the Vikings would have kept Adam Thielen, I still would have said Jay Jett is just because, I mean, he's the best player in their offense. He showed last year he was the best wide receiver in the league. He always finds ways to get open. And while TJ Hawkinson is great, I'm interested to see what Alexander Madison does and rookie Jordan Addison. It's Jay Jett's offense until he says it's not. So he would be my pick. And then other uh, safe guys you could potentially look at are Amari Cooper and Stefan Diggs. All right, tight end. I'm pretty sure we got the same answer. Again, the best guy at the position, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, what else needs to be said about Killer Trav? Um, other people, I would recommend Mark Andrews. He's always going to be a focal point of that offense, even though Baltimore has brought in a whole bunch of wide receivers. And Dallas Goddard with the Eagles. All right, kicker. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to be, what, three for three for this one as well. If it's not Justin Tucker, I don't know who it is. Facts. Best kicker in the league. Arguably the greatest kicker of all time. Speaks for itself. Um, other people, I'd recommend Harrison Bucker with the Kansas City Chiefs and Jason Myers with the Seattle Seahawks. All right, defense. We'll probably disagree on this one because I think there's a few that you could classify as safe, pretty safe bets. Yeah. For me, I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, um, but I think the 49ers are another good one. I think the Bills are one of those rare teams that are solid along their D-line, linebacker, and their secondary, even <clears throat> even if they were to suffer an injury, case in point, with Von Miller. I think they're still going to be okay and be able to do some damage and get you some create some turnovers. Um, other teams, or at least other defenses, I look to the Philadelphia Eagles, pretty much for the same reason I just said about Buffalo and the New England Patriots because, you know, Bill Belichick is not about to be out here having his defense get embarrassed. But, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the players with the biggest bust potential. Starting at quarterback, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. While I think that Daniel Jones is going to be better because the team has invested more resources into getting him better uh, targets around him, the Darren Wallers of the world drafting uh, Jalen Hyatt, getting some speed with Paris Campbell, Daniel Jones still has yet to have a year to be like, okay, yeah, He's the guy. Even last year, which was his best year. And so because of that, I'm interested to see how he can parlay that to another big year. We all know about Saquon Barkley. Is this going to be the year that Daniel Jones can take over? Who knows? But I'm just not that confident he's really going to be a major playmaker. Um, But other people to look out for, Geno Smith. I talked about this on the main show, if you want to know why. And then Justin Fields. I mean, he was great in terms of running the ball, but if he's not running the ball as much and he's strictly staying in the pocket or at least spending most of his time in the pocket, how effective is he really going to be in fantasy? Excuse me. For me, um, my number one guy is going to be Anthony Richardson. I know he's been a fantasy darling for all of these 
these guys thinking that he might be a top ten fantasy quarterback, but you you banking on a guy that hasn't played a down in the regular season of the NFL. He didn't really play that much college football. And like yes, he has all the tools to be a top ten quarterback in fantasy, but is he gonna be able to put all of those tools to use? So I'm gonna go with him. Um honorable mentions, I also agree with Justin Fields and I'm gonna say Brock Purdy. All right, let's go ahead and move on to running backs. This is where I have Josh Jacobs. He's coming off of a career year, led all running backs with over 1,800 yards. That is great, and that is amazing. But before that, Josh Jacobs had always been fine, so I'm interested to see if he's going to be able to replicate that same success, especially if the Raiders kind of already have in their mind that they're not going to be bringing him back long term. So because of that, I think we could possibly see a down year for Josh Jacobs just because unfortunately that's kind of the nature of the position and then injuries always play a role at some point um other people looking out for Dalvin Cook I think it'll be interesting to see how they split carries I think ultimately he will be the lead back for most of the season if not all the season for the Jets but it's going to be very different than when he was in Minnesota and was getting over 15 to 20 touches a game and then Najee Harris mainly because I'm still bitter about him doing nothing for me last year <clears throat> yeah, Najee burned me last year too. Um, for me, my biggest bust potential, I'm going to say, um, I'm honestly going to say Saquon. And it's because of, I just wonder, is it going to be a situation to where the Giants are going to try to put a lot of emphasis on proving that they spent the money on Daniel Jones and trying to make him look good to the detriment of Saquon. I feel that. Um, I hate it for him, but I can see that as well. Uh, do you got other candidates? Other candidates. I'm going to also throw out another guy that's in a, a weird situation for Jonathan Taylor, and I also agree with you with Josh Jacobs. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. I'm going to go – this is tough because I have two guys kind of battling for that top spot, but I think I'm going to lean towards Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup last year before he got hurt was leading the league. He was amazing. But that also was because Matthew Stafford was targeting him. It felt like almost every play, despite having weapons around him. Now, yes, we do know it really only is Cooper Cup out there, or at least as terms of a proof and commodity. And But, again, he's coming off an injury. He's suffering from a hamstring injury that could potentially keep him out next Sunday for the season opener. And just as great as he is, he's getting older, and I think defenses are going to find ways to hem him in a bit more and force Matthew Stafford to look other ways, so I don't know if he's going to have that same production. Um, other people, I'd mention Mike Evans just because I don't trust Baker Mayfield, so I hope that the 1,000-yard streak continues, but who knows? And then DJ Moore, first year with the Bears, again, I just don't know how much I trust that passing game, and not everything he does, or at least his yardage, can all come from yak yards. He's going to have to be able to air it out Um Speaking of Justin Fields, so it'll be interesting to see how those two work together as the year goes on. For me, I'm gonna my I'm gonna say Adam Thielen. Um, he's stepping into being the number one in Carolina, and I'm more so saying this because I don't trust Carolina's offensive line to protect Bryce Young enough to get him the ball to be a productive wide receiver this season. And so, because of that, I think he could be a bus candidate. I also will say, um, I'm going to say Adam Lazar because now 
that Aaron Rodgers has Eric Wilson and he's shown to be a star level talent I don't think Alan Lazard is going to get as nearly as many looks as he would as he did in the past in Green Bay that's interesting you have Alan Lazard because I'm going to talk about him a little bit later um, but tight ends, uh, I'm going Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. They didn't have Calvin Ridley last year. And this isn't to say that Calvin Ridley is going to take all of the targets that Evan Ingram got, but it's definitely going to be a drop in that just because Calvin Ridley is just so talented and there's potential for him to do really big things this year, especially missing all of last year. And so obviously somebody is going to lose some touches. And I think that between him or Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, I could potentially see that affecting Evan Ingram at tight end more than everybody else. Um, other people, I would probably mention David Njoku, and then Kyle Pitts, another guy who was supposed to really ball out last year, and he was hardly even targeted. And the Falcons are seemingly thugging it out with Desmond Ritter, which is fine, but it seems like they're gearing more towards being a run-heavy offense, and so I think that's going to limit some touches. And if Kyle Pitts really can't be explosive with the opportunities that he's going to get, I don't think he's going to really yield you much in fantasy. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Darren Waller. Um, last season, he showed to be incredibly inconsistent, but now you have a guy that's inconsistent. You also pair him with a, I'm not going to say subpar quarterback, but from the aspect of being a passer, he's not the best option in quarterback. And now he's outside of Saquon, he's really the focal point of the offense because you have a lot of questions from the other skill position players on the Giants. So I think that he's probably caused to have, like, a bit of a down, another bit of a down year, simply because, like, all the defenses are going to focus on him. I could see that. Uh, other candidates, you got any? I don't. All right, bet. Moving on to kicker, um, I'm going Greg Zerline with the Jets. I mean, he's already been kind of up and down just throughout his career, and I don't expect that necessarily to change as he gets another year older. Um, obviously, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you're hoping that your drives in and touchdowns, so you don't need him as much, but we'll see how that shakes out. And then other people, I'd mention Nick Folk, kicker for the Tennessee Titans, who they just traded for, and then Graham Gano, kicker for the Giants. For me, I was going to say anybody that the Tennessee Titans kicker, because for the past two to three seasons, they seem to have not gotten that position locked down. Yes, it's been rough. But, I mean, that's the weird thing about kickers. It's like even the best kickers have their moments, but it's like either you get one of the top guys or it's just like a revolving door almost every season at who you have at kicker. It's crazy. Um, but defense, I'm going with the New York Jets. On paper, they should have at worst a top five defense in the league. Last year, they were great. However, I talked about this a few weeks ago when we were doing the uh, AFC East breakdown. I'm really interested to see what Sauce does this year. Because if Sauce plays the way he did last year, they could be cool. But I just think that if he has steps down or potentially DJ Reed has to be that guy, I think that that's going to expose some things for them. And then their pass rush has potential, but they're also kind of a shaky spot with their defensive ends. Um, we all know what Quentin Williams can do. I mean, he's great, but on those edges, they have the talent. It's just about consistently bringing that pressure. So just from top to bottom, I have some questions, but I, I just don't know if I'm ready to believe that they're going to be like the best fantasy defense, even though they're probably going to be one of, if not the first defense taken in a lot of drafts. 
Um, other teams, I mentioned Seattle Seahawks spent a lot of money in draft picks, bringing in Draymond Jones, Bobby Wagner's back, uh, Devin Witherspoon they drafted with their first first-round pick. A lot of flashy names, just interesting to see if they'll be able to put it all together. And then the Washington Commanders, good D-line, very young secondary. We'll see how that all shakes out. Um, for me, it's weird because when I think for them on bus, I just don't think that they'll be as good as they were this past season. But I'm going to say the Philadelphia Eagles because we know what they have on their D-line. Like, they have probably a top five defensive line. But you look at their linebacking core right now, and it's a bunch of young dudes that haven't has really produced in a starting role. And, like, don't get me wrong, I love Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. I think he is a dog, but he has to prove that. And I think if you're banking on having a, a superior defense and you have any screens linebackers making play calls and on reading the offense, that could – it could be some growing pains, and I think they'll show during this season. I can believe it. He is wearing the green dot, so like you mentioned, he is going to be the defensive play caller. So I think he'll, like you said, some growing pains early, but I think they have the vets from top to bottom that will help him get it together. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to the biggest sleepers, starting at quarterback. Who you got? Biggest sleepers, I'm going to say Jared Goff. Um, I think – you look at his weapons, I mean, obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown. You have, even though everybody questioned the draft's timing of the decision, they drafted Jamar Gibbs, who's a guy that can catch passes out of the backfield. Um, John Mechie, he's back. Uh, um, John, you mean uh, Jamison Williams? Yeah, Jamison Williams. I'm he sorry. suspended the first either six or eight games. But, I mean, even still, I still think when he gets back, he can be a productive player that can still, like, I don't think like, they can be, like, a game-changing level player um, on the offense. So, I think Jerry Goff is a guy that might be a sleeper this year. Feel that? You got other candidates? Other candidates, Kenny Pickett. And uh, it's hard because it's like, I want to say Justin Fields. But he has to prove to me that he's a better passer. That's fair. I'm actually, my top guy actually is Kenny Pickett. Y'all know how I feel about the Steelers. Don't need to go on about it. But I think that the team, just from top to bottom, has really given him, honestly, he doesn't need much. Like, they've invested a lot in their offensive line. Um, They're bringing in guys like Allen Robinson, uh, defense is getting much better. I think that just they've gotten collectively better, and it should make his job easier. As the season went on, he got a lot better compared to where he was when he first started. Um, and so I think that if Kenny Pickett can kind of develop and really gain chemistry with those wideouts, particularly George Pickens, I think that the Steelers' offense can be really, really good. Just Actually, I just think the team can be pretty, really good. Uh, but, again, it all starts with Kenny Pickett. Um, other people I mentioned, Derek Carr, I think that he's going to a more consistent offense than what he had with the Raiders. Um, Michael Thomas is going to be coming on the field with a point to prove. Chris Olave had a great rookie year. They got a billion different tight ends. Um, Alvin Kamara, when he comes back from suspension, they've got some really nice weapons for him to play with, so I think that could be helpful. And then uh, Brock Purdy, I think, because, again, just looking at the weapons around him, I think he could be a solid pick. All right, running back. Running back, um, for me, I'm going to say, um, thank you. 
plays for the Eagles. He just got traded there. Oh, DeAndre Swift. Not DeAndre Swift. Rashad Penny. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. I, I just think that – I think DeAndre Swift is going to be good, but I, I don't – I know that Rashad Penny was showing flashes before he got traded, and I think that he got a, he had gotten hurt and got uh he was a free agent his last year in Seattle and signed there. Okay, but I I remember at one point he was starting to show the signs of like okay he was starting to turn the corner, and like I think that he might regain some of the form he was showing with the Eagles and he could be a good like not necessarily a full-on, like, full-season starter. But if you want to put him in for, like, maybe a game or two when you're um, you're starting running back is on the bye week, I think he could be a good option. It's wild to think he was a first-round pick coming out of San Diego State. I just remember at the time being like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. That was a wild one. But, I mean, he has shown some flashes. Just his health has been a big one. It'll be interesting. I actually have another uh, Eagles running back I'm going to mention a bit later. But mine, uh, oh, yeah, you got any honorable mentions, other candidates? Oh, good sack. Honorable mentions. Um, I mean, shoot. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I know me and you talked about it on the main show, but I will also throw me and Brees Hall because I know that he will split carries with Dalvin Cook. But, again, in my opinion, in the case of like, oh, you need a spot starter, or like, let's say Devin Cook is hurt for a game or two, and you need a spot starter, I think he'll be a really good option toward um as the season progresses. Hey, I mean, Dalvin Cook gets hurt. If you don't have resources, like if he somehow didn't get drafted, I'd snatch him up with a swiftness. One thing, nothing of it could play. Um, for me, uh, I'm gonna say my top option is J.K. Dobbins. I mean. He, when he has been able to play, I mean, he has been a very, very good back. I could be wrong. I probably should pull it up. But I think it's, I know he's averaging for his career north of four yards to carry. Again, like we've said with so many other players, the issue is just getting him healthy. And I know that right now he's looking for a new contract. And I mean, it's a tough cold world for line I mean running backs out there to and so because of that you have to put your best foot forward if you want to go ahead and get you some money whether that be in Baltimore or anywhere else and I was wrong he actually averages 5.9 yards per carry that's insane so yeah like I yeah so like I said if he can stay healthy and especially because this offense is going to be a bit more balanced so he's not going to be running into the ground so much I think J.K. could have a really, really big year for the Ravens. Other people I mentioned, Antonio Gibson uh, for the Washington Commanders. I know that uh, Brian Robinson is going to be more of that every down, you know, like the grounded out type guy. But Antonio Gibson is very versatile. I mean, when he was in college in Memphis, he was a wide receiver, transitioning running back. So, you know, he has hands catching the ball in the backfield. He's shifty and elusive. So, I think that he's going to still get a face fair share of carries in that offense. And then I'm going to go Tyler Algier. With the Falcons, I know everybody named Mama loves them. Some B. John Robinson. I mean, Ethan, you and I talked about it. The expectations for him to be a top five back in fantasy. But Tyler Algier, let's not act like he was a slouch. He rushed for over 900 yards last year as a rookie. And we kind of talked about it a bit ago. I think the Falcons are going to be a very run-heavy team. And so I think a lot of mouths are going to be fed. And Tyler Algier could be one of them. But all right, let's talk sleeper wideouts. Sleeper wideouts. Um... My number one guy is going to be Traylon Burks. 
I know he's coming back off an injury, but I just think that in year two, <clears throat> he's showing I think he's going to make a big, big leap. And I think that when you add in DeAndre Hopkins, who is going to take some of the pressure off of him and maybe not see some double teams um, and just the knowledge, I think he'll take a big leap. And my other um, my other candidates are obviously George Pickens. I think this is kind of an obvious one. And I also say, um, shoot, what's his name? Um, Rashad Baker. Oh, look at, look at Bate getting some love. I actually almost said Bate. Um, so my number one, I'm actually going to say Alan Lazard. I understand where you're coming from mentioning that, you know, he's going to get less targets because, you know, Garrett Wilson is there. But, again, it's going to take some time for Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson to really develop – dang, good run – really develop that chemistry throughout the um, – throughout the regular season, whereas Alan Lazard, he already knows Aaron Rodgers. They played together for the past several years, so it won't be as much of growing pains with those two, especially with Nathaniel Hackett as the OC, so the offense is going to be something they're already familiar with. And so obviously, like, he's one of those guys where, like, if you had to start him in a pinch, go ahead. But I think that he's going to have a pretty solid year overall because I would argue that he's their wide receiver too right now. And, I mean, he's low-key – Talent-wise, he's been like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, so I think it's not that much of a change from what he's been doing. Um, other candidates would be Corlin Sutton with the Broncos. I mean, injuries have kind of made him hit or miss, but it's clear that him and Russell Wilson have a good relationship, so I think that as long as those two can keep that up in this offense led by Sean Payton, they could be dangerous. And then Odell Beckham Jr., um, he's has coming into this year with a point to prove uh, teams. He worked out for teams. They said they liked him, but wouldn't make that full commitment. So now he's back after missing this past year. And I'm excited to see what he is going to be doing. Not just because I'm a Ravens fan, but because I'm an Odell fan too. Cause you know, go Tigers. All right. Tight ends. Um, for me, I'm going to, uh, it's one guy. I don't have any other candidates. It's Chigo Combo. Chigo. I think I have him. Yeah, I mentioned him later. I get it. Makes sense. I think that he's going to be pretty productive um, in Tennessee. I mean, especially because we've talked about this. Wide receiver depth is non-existent. And so a lot of that offense is going to be on D-Hop, Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks, and Chigo. Um, But for me at tight end, I'm going Tyler Higbee. I kind of talked about... Cooper Cup a bit ago if those defenses are able to kind of hem him in and force Matthew Stafford to look elsewhere I could see uh, Tyler Higby being one of those guys who gets some targets I mean when you have a reliable tight end it makes a lot of sense to get the ball out to him and again another guy who has something to prove so I could see this being a solid year for him as well um other candidates being Pat Fryermuth with the Steelers and Mike Jasicki with the Patriots all right kicker you got one That's fair. I'm going to show some love to Riley Patterson, another Memphis man. He is with the Detroit Lions. For those of you who don't know the name, he kicked the game-winning field goal for the Jags in their wild-card win over the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, other candidates for me would be Youngway Koo with the Falcons and Matt Gay with the Colts. Uh, defense, got any sleepers? Um, in my opinion, sleep, I have two, the Steelers and the Titans. Um, I'm going to go the Houston Texans as my one because we talked about it when we talked about the NFC South. Oh, that's another pick? Good play, Colorado. Uh, is that Travis Hunter? Nice. Um, sorry about that. Watching college football. Anyway, um, yes, Houston Texans. We talked about this when we did the uh, AFC South breakdown. 
And I, my bold prediction was I think that the Texans are going to have a top five secondary in this league in terms of passing yards allowed. I just think that they have the talent to do that, and I think that's going to help reverberate throughout the rest of the defense. And a big way to help that is by forcing turnovers, and I think they have the talent to do it. So they would be my biggest sleeper. I would also throw a bone to the Pittsburgh Steelers because, I mean, they've gotten significantly better, and then the Baltimore Ravens. All right, moving on to players to slash, slash, who, slash, who could come up big for you in a dynasty league, starting at quarterback. I'm going to say Sam Howell for the Commanders. I don't think any of us know what Sam Howell is going to be. Apparently, Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy they seem really excited about him, think that he could do some nice things. I mean, no one can deny that the Commanders have some solid weapons that he can get the ball out to. Um, so I think that if you got need somebody to start in a pinch or someone to kind of stash away, and then who knows, if he has a good enough year, could be one of those premier starters in the future, I think that he could help you out. Um, other guys to mention, Gardner Minshew, you never know with the rookie quarterback, and the injuries happen all the time. Gardner Minshew's probably the best backup quarterback in the league, or arguably so, and then Tyler Huntley, just because Lamar Jackson has had his injuries in the past, so you never know when Hunt's going to have to come and play. Um, for me, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. Um, again, I just think he's a guy that, with all the weapons around him, and him only being in his second year, um, probably the most inexpensive starting quarterback contract in the history of the NFL. I could be wrong, man, but I just feel like with where he's picked, I don't think anyone's contract will be lower than his. But I just think he's a guy that, again, you can put him, you can stash him. Put him on your roster, and he can gradually produce because, at least for the foreseeable future, the 49ers are always going to be stacked. And so, like, he's a good guy that you can just have on your team. Yeah, facts. Um, Moving on to running backs. You mentioned Brees Hall earlier as a sleeper. Again, I think he kind of fits into that mode of like, hey, just kind of keep him on your roster. You don't know when you're going to need him or when you're going to have that breakout. But – we know that he can break out just based off the rookie year that he had. And I don't expect that to be any different, especially once he's fully healed from this ACL injury. Um, other candidates would be Roshan Jenkins, rookie running back for the Chicago Bears. I think that he's going to have a lot of potential. And by the end of the season, I would not be shocked if he was their number one running back. And then Kenny Gainwell out of Philly. Again, they got a lot of mouths to feed, but Kenny Gainwell showed that he has earned a role in that offense. And I think that as long as they're continuing to kind of have a Mitty rather than going with one guy, he's going to make some plays. Uh, for me, um, a, camp, a side candidate is also Kenny Gainwell and Antonio Gibson. But I think for me, the main guy is going to be Tajay Spears, Ricky running back for the Titans. Um, yes, I know that Derrick Henry is going to get a, a buttload of the work. But also, I know that the Titans are also going to want to try to preserve him because they know about his workload and in the preseason like Tajay Spears showed that he was one of those backs that has a different gear and once he got the ball in his hands he was electric and he might not get a ton of carries but he has the speed to like take a five yard game and go 80 and I think that that might prove um, beneficial to a dynasty league especially as Derrick Henry gets older and then if he's able to assume the starting um, running back role. I mean, not only age, but Derrick Henry is entering the final year of his contract. So who knows? I didn't want to 
Now, I'm sorry, but you know, Ty J Sharp might mess around and be the dude sooner than some Titans fans would like to believe. Um, all right, wide receivers. A guy I'm a huge fan of, Kayshawn Butte. I think that I talked about it um, on the main show. A lot of things, as you can see, we talk about on the main show. But I think at worst, as long as he stays healthy and stays on the main roster or the uh, 53-man roster, I think that he's going to finish top three in terms of receiving yards just because looking at that Patriots wide receiver room, like they just do not have a guy. They don't really have anybody who can really just – you have to worry about. And so – because of that, I think that Kayshawn Booty could really be that guy, especially if he can kind of turn back the clock to what he was in his earlier years at LSU and give them a spark. Obviously, I don't think he's going to come out the gate catching for like 100 receiving yards and 10 balls. But I think as the season goes on, I think his role is going to continue and continue to grow. Um, other candidates, I would mention Romeo Dobbs entering his second year with the Packers and Marvin Mims, rookie wideout for the Denver Broncos because – I'm not sure how long Jerry Judy's going to be out, and they need a number three wide receiver. That could be the perfect role for him once they get that uh, three wide receiver set going. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with another Green Bay Packers wide receiver. I'm going to go with Christian Watson. Um, I think he, at least for the time being, he showed flashes to be the potential number one for Jordan Love, and they're both young, so why not get potentially get a young wide quarterback, wide receiver duo that could potentially put up a ton of points. I also say um, Jamison Williams, I know he's suspended like we mentioned earlier, but again, when, he's, when he gets on the field, I just think he's going to be a guy that's going to make plays for that offense. And also John Mitchell. Feel that. Um, it's funny you mentioned Christian Wills. Boy, uh, Watson, because Heike, he is starting on at least like one of my fantasy leagues. Like, I I'm going to need him to produce. Um, all right, but tight ends. I'm going to say Jawan Johnson to start uh, for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. They have a lot of tight ends. And while each of their tight ends kind of brings something different to the table, I think that Jawan Johnson is the one who I think has the more – he has that extra gear to him, and I think that he's going to become a fast favorite of Derek Carr as the season goes on. Other candidates will be Drew Ogletree for the Colts. Can't I don't know how much I can actually say because I work for the team, but I'm a big Drew Ogletree fan. I think that this year, coming off of an ACL that kind of disrupted his rookie year, I think a big role is in store for him. Um, and then your boy, uh, Chigo Aquanwo. Um, for me, I have a one-year Baltimore Ravens. Um, I know his flash now. Isaiah Likely. Yeah, That's Isaiah a bad Likely. Man right there. I know that Mark Andrews is the guy, but I just every time I I've seen Isaiah Likely on the field, he makes plays, and he's like one of those hybrid, bigger wide receiver is wide receivers that can run and catch. And I just think that, like, I mean. Mark Andrews isn't getting any younger, and he he is the focal point for the time being of the passing game until they change it. So I would say um, keep an eye on like Feel that. Got anybody else you'd suggest? That's it. Okay. All right, last but certainly not least, let's talk about rookies to watch out for starting at quarterback. Starting at quarterback rookies, for me, I'm going to – even though I trashed his O-line earlier, I'm still going to say watch out for Bryce Young. I think that he he has the poise to figure it out. He might look rough in the beginning of the season, 
But towards the um the middle to end of the season, he might round out to being a really good option at QB. I yeah, I think Bryce Young is gonna be solid. Um, I wouldn't start him in fantasy, but I mean, again, like if we're looking at like down the road, um, same could be said for C.J. Stroud. Um, but I'm gonna go with Anthony Richardson. Um, again, I don't know how much detail I can actually get into, but I will say this: Anthony Richardson is going to use his body in a multitude of ways. Brother is six four, two forty plus, almost two fifty going up again. So if I have to take my chances with him running or scrambling and then a DB 510, 190 something bringing him down, I'm putting my money on Anthony Richardson. So I could see him potentially kind of having that fantasy impact similar to what Justin Fields did last year. No, I don't think he rushed for like 1,200 yards or anything, but I think he's going to end up being one of those type of guys who where they may lack in the passing game, their legs are going to kind of make up for it. Um, but all right, running backs, who you got? Running backs, um, I mean, B. John, I don't want to go with the obvious, but I do think he's going to be a really productive back. I just don't know if he's going to be, you know, this fantasy darling that everyone was making him out to be just because he had to play a down in the NFL. I feel that. Uh, you got any other candidates? That's it for right now. Um, yeah, B. John. Same for you, what you said. I mean, I still think B. John's going to get the lion's share of the carries in Atlanta, but I don't think it's going to be, like, crazy more than the Tyler Algier and potentially even Cordell Patterson, depending on how they use him. Um, but other candidates, I'm sorry, uh, Jameer Gibbs is another guy. I mean, I was talking about this with my coworkers, and I really didn't think about it, but Dan Campbell was there in New Orleans when uh, they drafted Alvin Kamara. And so I could see Jameer Gibbs kind of filling that role that Kamara did while David Montgomery kind of plays that Mark Ingram role. And because of that, I think he could have a really, really productive rookie year and mess around and be their second best offensive player. Um, And then for my uh, next one, uh, other candidate, I'm going to go Evan Hull, rookie out of Northwestern, also plays for the Colts, a guy who I've been impressed by since training camp and just kind of seeing his versatility. I mean, he's a good runner. He's a good receiver out the backfield, and he can block. There's opportunities for players like that to get on the field, especially for a team as young as the Colts. All right, wide receiver. We probably have the same top guy, I think. If it's not JSN, I don't know who it is. Yeah, same. I also have JSN. The only question is, like, how much time is he going to miss because of that wrist injury? But, I mean, even when he gets back, because I think he's in a great situation because teams already have to factor in locking up DK and then they got to try to factor in locking up a guy like Tyler Lockett and then Kenneth Walker in the backfield you add JSN to that equation that's that's nasty um other people look out for another cult Josh Downs um he's going to be playing in the slot I liked him a lot in North Carolina and I think that he's going to have a really really big year in this offense and then Baltimore's rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers kind of similar to what I said about JSN but not obviously not on the same level but I think that that's going to allow some great opportunities for Zay all right last but not least I'm sorry go ahead I have one other honorable mention um Quentin Johnston Johnston just because it's kind of a similar situation where you look at the Charles offense you're going to have to worry about stopping Kenny Allen and Mike Williams, and now you add in another big body fast receiver and to a quarterback like Justin Herbert that has a cannon of a arm. 
Now, I know neither of us mentioned Jordan Addison, but do you think that how productive do you think he's going to be? I know we talked about it for JSN. We talked about it for Quentin Johnson and the weapons around him. Do you think that – I know Justin Jefferson is only one person, but do you think that he's a big enough threat to really open things up for Jordan Addison, or do you think it won't be as many opportunities? I think it'll be a ton of opportunities. I think it's going to – like, in my opinion, if a wide receiver were to win offensive player of the year, in my mind, I think it would be Jordan Addison. Because, like, I know the other guys, they have, like, a lot of weapons around him, around them. But I think that none of them are on the caliber of Jay Jettas. Well, like, Jay Jettas, whole, the whole defense has to focus in on him. And, like, with the other guys, you have more mouths to feed. Like, right now for the Vikings, it's from a pass-catching pass standpoint, it's Jay Jettas, Jordan Addison. Um, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. And that's really it. Yeah, I feel you on that. I like Jordan Addison a lot, so I'll be interested to see what his role is going to be, especially because during the draft I was banging the table on them getting a corner, and they did not. So we'll see how that – well, at least not in the first round. So we'll see how that shakes out. All right, but now, tight ends, who you got? Tight ends. Um, Michael Meyer got drafted by the, uh, the Raiders. I think with Jimmy G as your quarterback, you're going – a tight end is always going to be a good option because he's a guy that when he had George Kittle, he looked for George Kittle a ton, which is a part of the reason why George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the game. And I think that, like, you can have a sneaky good tight end season from him because, we you know, like, Jimmy G isn't a guy that's going to throw the ball deep down the field um, a lot. He's going to hit underneath routes and – make use of the middle of the field and who's going to occupy their space, you're tight end. You got that right. And, yeah, we are going, what, three for three on our top choices. Rookie, I also have Michael Mayer. And you mentioned Jimmy G, but also looking at their head coach, um, oh, my gosh, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. He, yeah, he's coming from New England, and New England loves their tight ends. Obviously, he's not Gronk, but, I mean – he got had Gronk for a time. Hunter Henry, they spend a lot of money on. They care about their tight ends in that offense, and I think that Michael Mayer is going to end up getting a lot of opportunities because of that. Um, and then another kind of case of who are you going to look out for because obviously Devontae Adams is still at worst a top five wide receiver in this league. Josh Jacobs, again, coming off that monster year. So I think that's going to open things up for him. Um, and then other candidates for me, Dalton Kincaid, and uh, of the Buffalo Bills, their first-round pick, and Tucker Craft, uh, the Green Bay Packers, I believe third-round pick in this year's draft. But, all right, that is our fantasy football guide. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, be sure to check out the export.net. I repeat the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The Export. Ethan, you got the first pick in a fantasy football draft. Who are you picking? Justin Jefferson. Yeah, me too. Hopefully this works out better than other players I've drafted first overall. And then they messed around and got hurt. But, you know, Jay Jettas, no matter what, is going to be on my fantasy teams if I can help it. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time on the main show, and we'll see you all later.